Welcome to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Card, where we miss the desert, we miss the sea, we miss having great adventures. But great adventures will come again soon for us. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is the John Rice Davies of Geek Card, Mr. Green. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's it exactly. Give it, give us, give us your best. Give them hell, Indiana Jones. Give them hell, Indiana Jones. There we go. Thank you. Good night. That was it. There That's you go. it. That's Sorry. it. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, try to attempt any kind of Egyptian accent or anything of that nature. No, of I, course not. No, of course not. I, uh, Although I we did, we did get to experience a fan freaking out in front of him in a hallway once. Yes. And this he took true. it very like he just like nodded and was like, "I'm glad you're happy." So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a strange world. That's for sure. Totally, it is a strange world, and we've got a great show tonight in this strange world. Later on in the program, you're going to hear my interview with director Nick Norman Butler. His first uh, feature film is available now. My house. It's available on Apple uh, for rental and Tubi for streaming, and is available in the UK on Amazon Prime, uh, and. Uh, yeah, we talk about it. It's a horror film. It's good times. We've got uh, a review coming your way of Indiana Jones, if you haven't figured that out yet. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We'll be talking about that. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with actor Adila Dasani, one of the stars of Paramount Plus's Joe Pickett. And we're going to be getting into that. But before we go to commercial, um, sadly, someone has left our ranks. Uh, the passing, again, he lived a pretty full life, so it's not like it was sudden, but uh, the great Alan Arkin passed away uh, the past uh, past 24 hours, and you know, on here, like again, this might surprise you, but all those times he appeared on the show, that wasn't actually Alan Arkin. That was, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know a lot of you are shocked. That's right. Totally shocked they are. Um, yeah, but we, as both myself and Mr. Green, we are big fans of Alan Arkin, regardless of what was said on the show in character. We yeah. are big. We were big fan. We are big fans of Alan Arkin, and so uh, you know, respect to the man, definitely. A- absolutely, and, and like as as you pointed out, you know, and you guys listening know that we like to have some fun and joke around, and Alan was a big part of that for a, a couple of years here yeah. on the show, and. He was my nemesis in in the kayfabe world of our little scripted uh, drama that we created. Um, And I think from the stories I've heard about Alan Arkin, he would have hated your impersonation because he hated impersonations of himself. He hated impersonations completely, yeah. But I think he would have actually found the humor and the, and the, the funny of what we were doing with what we're doing, yeah. Between me and him, right? I think now, you know what he's probably saying up there in the sky? He's like, Oh, thank God. They can't do it anymore. That would just be disrespectful. So so that's the only time I'm going to do it, Alan. I swear. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> he does, he, we don't want him to haunt you. That's for we sure. We don't want but him you, to haunt me. But, 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 but mad respect. He's he, fantastic actor. Done a lot of amazing work over the years. And uh, we had fun uh, fun playing with that. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Adila Sani from Joe Pickett right here. Geek Card, Radio 101. Everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Card? Answer, listen to Geek Card while wearing a Geek Card t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them, at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Card. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Card shirts, we got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt, and we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs... With your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Key Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous Friday night. In just a moment, we're going to be talking with uh, Adila Dasani. One of the stars of the Paramount Plus series, Joe Pickett, which has quite a following. Uh, but just before we do that, I just want to remind you folks that, hey, you like what we do here? There's a place you can go on the interwebs when we're not talking to you on the interwebs, where you can hear us talk some more, and that is patreon.com slash geekard. You go there, become a geekard, again, you'll be helping us out. But also on top of that, you'll get access to cool exclusives, like early access to podcasts and Access to our plethora of exclusive content, including the January Men podcast pilot, where we talk about the film The January Man. I know there's such a huge following for that film, the 1989 classic. Uh, we also have the Extra Hard podcast, hosted by Mr. Green, where he and special guests talk about movies, TV, directors, actors, and really dig deep, peel back the layers, get into a really long, long-form discussion and, uh, you know, have some fun with it. And new episodes are coming soon, but right now there is a plethora of episodes for you to check out there on various films and TV shows with a variety of different guests, great and small. Yeah, and uh, and, and speaking of the January men, I was actually having lunch with one of the January men today. So we, we might actually get some movement on a second episode uh, soon. Oh, there we go. At this lunch, did you happen to be eating swordfish? I cannot confirm nor deny the consumption of potential sea creatures at said lunch. There we go. All righty. Well, stay tuned for that. But for now, so you don't miss a thing, go to patreon.com slash geekard and sign up today. Let's get into the show with our first guest of the evening. Uh, the last time we spoke to her was back in April of 2021, where she was uh, training a Bobsy twin on Nancy Drew. But now... It's just a couple of years later here, and she's one of the stars of Joe Pickett, 
the hit series on Paramount Plus that's basically about a game warden who's a good dude who's trying to do the right thing, even though everybody is telling him not to. Welcome to the program, Adila Dasani. Hey, how goes? It goes well. How goes with you? Oh, it goes really well. I mean, sun's out, so I can't complain, although I'm sure I will find something to complain about with you guys. So, you know, it's, it's always where we're at. There we go. Yeah, we're always we're always just picking away. We can't be happy. Because... <laughs> no, what's wrong with us? Like, what is wrong with the human breed? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's just it's just it's just inherent in all of us. Like, you know, I was recently watching something where they talked about how uh, it was like an American talking about Canadianisms, and one of them was, was how we talk about the weather not as a as a uh, uh, like a a gap conversational filler. piece. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's right. legit deep-seated conversations about how it affects all of our lives it's so you know because we got to complain about it right exactly it's it's like the one common thing we can all complain about that we relate on most days i feel like yeah especially for canadians because we have all four seasons in 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 one day most days yeah yeah Yeah. well i'd say yeah i'd say well ideally you probably know best because you grew up in calgary and that in 20 minutes, you can get all four seasons. <laughs> it's wild. Well, even like I remember filming when we did season two of Joe Pickett because we filmed in Calgary, mm. um, actually, which is for me super dope because when you get to go back home for a job and be with your family, I mean, yeah. think whoever's up there. But it, we did have a day, I believe, where it was. It was wild. Actually, it was in this past episode, episode five, if you guys haven't watched it yet, where you see Missy um, shooting an apple with her new bow. And that day we literally had, we were on location. We went through all the seasons. So off the top of the day, it was a boiling hot where you could see the foundation melting off your face. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to use a lot of wides because like legit, you were different colors, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this insane thunderstorm where like lightning is so heavy and striking all over the place that we had to kind of hold things down for a while mainly because like when you're at circus and you're you're on location all of our like tents and stuff are so highly like they're full of wires right when you're in video village and stuff like that and then after that we had the craziest windstorm but we weren't back on that location because this was you know at the in the at the end of that block and so Sharon Lawrence, who plays Missy, they both had to like, both the actors had to do that scene in the midst of this insane windstorm. And then after that, it like rains profusely, then it hails and snows, and then it goes back to being like 30 degrees. My God. And we were like, cool. Thanks, Alberta. <laughs> yeah. Schizophrenic weather there. Jeez. My God. Legit. It was oh. a wild day. Like, and, you, and, you're, and I can just I can just imagine you on set and you're just chilling like some of the other local ta- like talent and, and crew and you're just like, yeah, yeah, this is normal. And then the Americans sure. and, and, and the New Zealanders and everybody from who's not used to this yeah. are like going, what is wrong with this country? Well, and it's funny, too, because, of course, that day, right, Murphy's Law, we did have people from Paramount. Like we had some of the folks from the network there, people who do a lot of <laughs> And they were doing um, a set visit and we were all just like, um, I mean, normally it's very kosher, 
today is just an off day but yeah I was there sipping my coffee being like it is I was actually the one taking videos of people freaking out and I know that's probably not good to admit but it's in the arsenal so yeah. you gotta be prepared well, that's, that's good you gotta no, be prepared it's smart Definitely. Yeah. oh my yeah. god but, but yeah so Joe Pickett of course it's in its second season right now five episodes have aired and, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Joe Pickett, he's a game warden. He's just trying to do the right thing for his family, but just trying to do the right thing in general. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of politics and, uh, there's problems with the local law enforcement, but with the exception of one particular deputy and that's cricket Ludlow, she tends to be probably, well, I, I say the good cop, but then also at the same time. Like when you, when you first meet her, it's like, oh, okay, you know, she's a good cop and everything. And then she throws that stuff like, so this guy, do you think, do you think he's a time traveler? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So Cricket's one of those conspiracy theorists. Got it. Yep. Yep. Uh, she absolutely is a conspiracy theorist deputy who, um, which I also feel like is part of the reason in season two, she gets to become such a badass. We can say badass yeah oh you oh, yeah. totally say badass yeah. yeah um where she gets to come out of that shell and live outside of the department and really kind of show off all of her you know conspiracy theorist type of skill because I feel like she's always the one that kind of picks up on things like she's such a big, big listener she's kind of like that character that's like everywhere but in the shadows and you don't really notice her but she listens to everything and it's just so dope because she gets to like piece things together for people. I feel like her be a really big support in that. And this season, you really get to see her come out of her shell and do some dope badassery, especially in the upcoming um, episode. Episode six is going to be pretty cool for her. But well, yeah, well, what I've seen so far totally is like uh, in this season, because of course it was set up in the last season. We knew it was coming. The the forbidden love of uh, Cricket with uh, with Nate there the uh the the man with the mysterious past who's uh who's done some things uh been a mercenary and things like that and uh you and mustafa speaks are great uh, on camera together but now we went from being such a cute kind of like oh will they or won't they kind of thing it's now like hey guess what people are trying to kill me and they know i'm with you so they're gonna try to kill you too we're on the run <laughs> it's like the legit definition of ride or die yeah uh, you don't ride, you'll die. On the yeah. show. Definitely, definitely. Ride and die, possibly. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as you guys know, I just say things that just, you know. It, and this is why we love you. It's <laughs> like, filter, what's that? <laughs> um, but it, it's true. Like, it's it's true. This season, you really get to, like, see them come together in in a very strong way and you get to see them which you'll see in the next few episodes coming up really butt heads in terms of their morals and what they both believe is right and wrong which I think is really cool to the whole story of Joe Pickett because that's essentially like Joe Pickett like what what do you choose what evil do you choose or do you really stick to your guns and your morality and and be that every man kind of man and do it the hard way right so it's cool that like all of these cool couplings and relationships get to explore that in in this season which which is special i think you know for for all of us yeah yeah definitely 
Yeah, no, for sure. And like, uh, it's, it's interesting to me because like, you know, we went through a lull period over, you know, probably about 30 years or so where Westerns kind of fell out of favor, you know, and then it's only been in the last few years, shows like Yellowstone, shows like Joe Pickett, like where we are starting to see modern Westerns, you know, like taking the ideals of a Western format, but putting it in a current day and still making it work, which I think yeah, it's you kind know, of become the Paramount Plus brand. Well, the yeah, there is that, too. But... Yeah, yeah, I know. So I, I hope it continues to be. The... Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, I, I'm curious, though, for yourself, Adila, like, you know, were you very familiar with Westerns? Like, had you ever, you know, like, uh, uh, been a fan of that genre before or, you know, until you before Joe Pickett? Or was this something like new to you? And you're like, going, this is like there's some real meaty, juicy stuff going on in here. Yeah, I mean, I'm an Alberta girl, born and raised, and, like, we are Western, so, like, it's always been in my blood, like, I love the genre, mainly because we, I, like, grew up living in it, right, in terms of my environment, where I grew grew up, and I I love every part of a Western, and and that's it, right, like, the opportunities, um, because Westerns are such, or were, such period pieces or what we saw on TV with them is it was always so tough to be able to like be part of that story, mainly because it comes from such a specific point of time. And so when this came up, I was stoked. And funny enough, my mom actually reads like, so she, my mom and I love true crime. And so not only is she, she like, obviously, as you guys know, love Nancy Drew, but ironically enough, also loves CJ Box and his novels. So she had read a couple of Joe Pickett books Oh, nice. Because no, I was like, of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was dope, too, because she was also just and, and very much like, listen, we, I like had basic cable growing up. So Lonesome Dove is all I watched because that's what we got on CBC. <laughs> Oh, there was like a, a few episodes with Bret Hart who guest starred. I, I watched those episodes. <laughs> See, see, Adila, I, I didn't want to make assumptions because you're from, you know, Calgary, you know, area. Like, I didn't want to go there, but, you know, which is why I kind of asked it the way I did. But hearing it, it's like you, you're you're living the life even regardless. Like, this is and your mom, yeah. you know, did you did you use her as a source? But like, hey, give I me mean, all the. I, I learned my lesson because I did that with Nancy Drew. And then I was like, wow, this is a insane academic essay, which is going to be real hard for me to get through. <laughs> so I was like, we'll do your own research this time, which is also right. great because my mom loves, you know, you know, moms, right? And once you yeah. get them on a top, that's it. there's no like going back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she definitely, now that she's become very proficient in um, texting and WhatsApping and sending video best messages, my whole family um, has come on the Joe Pickett train because now she sends updates to everyone. Cousins I didn't even know I had where she was like, oh, they're related to us. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, here we are. No, they're you definitely know. related. I got an email asking for money to help some of their, they're a prince in another country. They need my help. <laughs> I mean, got a really vast genetic line over here. <laughs> it's it, it, parents are always amazing because like my mom did the same thing to me once she was like oh i remember growing up and, and all of a sudden it'd be like you know oh by the way so-and-so is coming over and I, i've been looking i'm like who and then she's like you know your cousin from this you know and 
by the time she finished the lineage of how it connects to me, I was like going, are they really related? Like, right? you're like, are you sure? To the way fourth removed back again through marriage. And you're like, sure. Yeah. Cousin, a cousin. <laughs> well, and, oh. and in my family, I don't know about yours, but in my family, everybody is a cousin. It's the catch all. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if you're first, second, third, 16th removed cousin. Totally. Cousin. Right? We're all cousins. That's, yeah. Yeah. And aunts exactly. and uncles, aunts and uncles is universal. doesn't matter if they're great aunts and uncles or you, your direct uh, aunts and uncles or a close family friend. Close family friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always. And for us, it's like the nannies, like the grandmas. Right. Everyone that age is always a nanny. Like, right. and you cannot call them an aunt. Then you'll get like a wooden ladle still. That's just how, you know, we, we <laughs> rolled. Yeah. We call them little guicos, the rotis, right? Where they're like, nope, we're a nanny. And you're like, yeah, 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 you are. Yeah. yeah. So they take the title very seriously. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly they produce that wooden spoon. There you go. It's you like think, magic. Do you think they just have it at the ready? Like, you know, it's like it's like a magic wand. It just comes out. Totally. I feel like it doesn't even matter what your background is. Every grandma has like a wooden ladle or a roller or like whatever their go-to. I got you. Kitchen weapon is. There's always something roughly like 10 to 16 inches long, you know, and it's, you know, it could be like a a, a ladle. It could be a spoon. It could be, you know, the wood dowel from like the paper, uh, the the paper towel roll thing. It could be the actual (laughs) paper towel roll. I've, I've been chased with all of it. Yeah. You and me both. We're, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And, and Adila, I know it's hard to see, like, cause we're, I'm sitting down and we're on a camera here, but like I'm six, one, my grandmother, right. Even at, when I was at, at six, one, my, my grandmother was still alive. She would chase me. She's like four foot 11. Yeah. And you'd be scared poopless. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's like the cutest, lovable, most nicest person in the world. One second. And then it's like a werewolf, 14 feet tall, ready to eat your soul. And it's like you want to stay as far away from that wrath as possible because right. it doesn't leave you like ingrained. No. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Go. yeah. Oh, yes, the fear. The fear is real. Yes. My God. But um of course, with with you know the character critic, cricket, you know you said that uh, she gets this uh, big badass arc, and we've seen the beginnings of that, the setup of it, compared to like the first season where it was a lot of you know you sitting behind a desk, you bringing somebody food, you typing on a computer, you sitting there pondering things. This one, this season, it's now like you're getting out there, you're doing a lot of movement. So, what was it like those days this year? Was it this season was it a lot more, a lot more labor intensive, a lot more fun, a lot more engaging. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes to all of the above. I mean, I loved, of course, don't get me wrong, cricket season one because she did get to just be the lurker. But this season was dope because um, I got to do a couple of stunts and stuff, which we'll see coming up. And I love you guys know I love that stuff, mm. getting physical and getting in there. And I feel like. Because this season is truly just based on, it's just, it just moves so fast. So like, we're literally, it feels like in a span of, everything happens within a span of like a, a week, 
right kind of thing. And so everything was so much more fast paced. I feel like there was like more urgency to everything, which I loved. And like, I love action-y type things. Like when I can move or use food as a prop or do something, it's real easy to sit still. That was like literally my note all the time. No, Adela, you're great. Just you don't need to like always eat your feelings away on screen, off screen. And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, group. <laughs> That's what you're that like. Was, that's that why I'm a bit here. Of commentary you didn't need to hear. That was yeah. kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> like it's character choice. It's giving her strength. They're like, no, it's not. I'm like, okay. Oh, jeez. Cool. So, My God. That, that's you were like, make me series regular, and then uh, maybe maybe I'll think about stopping eating. Exactly. And then, and I'm still like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But uh, actually, the, the past episode that aired, episode five, uh, kind of had a bit of a reunion for you. A uh, longtime acting buddy from back in the day got to have a scene in this episode. What was it like to uh, rekindle with a former uh, fellow acting student? Oh, honestly, the dopest, to like the dopest, like Troy and I. I've known Troy for, oh my gosh, probably going on like 16 or 17 years now. And we, um, there was a group of us like Troy, Jesse, Mackenzie, Nick, where we were all, this is when I lived in Calgary. I was in Toronto and had moved back. And back in the day, there just wasn't a lot of stuff going on. Like Calgary's always been real dope for the indie scene, obviously Westerns and stuff, if you're fortunate enough to look, uh, to work on them. But we had a, a bump in time where nothing was happening. So every week and like, you know, at that point, like you're all broke, you work five jobs, you're serving at like three places because that's just what we all do um, <laughs> initially. Uh, and so we would just get together and we couldn't afford classes because they're still expensive at the end of the day sometimes when when you're going through that lump and there's no other work. We get together at Jesse's house and every week we just work on like film and TV scripts or sides, old auditions we had. We'd find stuff on the Internet of like different types of genres we'd want to work on. And and yeah, it Troy was part of that. And we had just all like every week we talk about how in 10 years we're going to all be on a show. We're going to be able to work together. The hard work's going to pay off. And so for it to finally happen and and us get to have that full circle moment was truly one of the sickest days on set for sure because it's like and back in your hometown too right like it just yeah. felt like a magical moment you know as did you as did you know he had been cast I didn't know he had been cast until I saw on a call sheet that he had like a wardrobe fitting one day oh. and I was like wait a second can't be and then I was like, I was like, maybe I should reach out to him. And I was like, I, I saw that in our schedule. I was seeing him two days from then anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Obviously, nosies, I'm on it. And it was like just the best reunion being able to like acknowledge it in person, you know, and like yeah. give a big hug. And yeah. Yeah. Go cuckoo bananas. It was the best. It's always so dope when that happens. I don't know. I, That's I don't awesome. Know. No, totally. Like, no, that, yeah. is, that is very cool. Yeah. Because I, I, I yeah. can only imagine, you know, uh, in the you know as an actor like you don't always get like you make friends obviously as you go through the different roles but it's not like you know you work with the same people for 20 years right it's it's you're always interchanging with other people and moving you know different places and doing things it's like so that you know that is super cool i i think that would be amazing just to be able to like especially somebody you've known for so long and then you're like close even even for a couple of days that's like that's great so great right because yeah it's like you're obviously you're working with an old buddy but it's just 
yeah, it's just, it's just nice because you're like, you're right in a sense of like those moments are also so rare. Like when does that happen? Because you are usually working so closely with a very specific group of people and that hardly sometimes ever opens up. Right. And the right. chances are so many of us actors out there. So the chances yeah. to get like on the same project is, yeah. It was well, that's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to uh, change gears a little bit. I want to go back a little bit because we were talking earlier about your character, um, you know, being into conspiracies and the, the weird things like that. I, I'm wondering about yourself. Are you somebody who dabbles in the conspiracy world at all, or are you are you more of a pragmatic person? You know, with, with the with, with the things you heard. Pragmatic mean? No, I'm a psycho. I'm like a cuckoo banana conspiracy theorist, freaking true crime, crazy banana. I'm obsessed <laughs> with crime. I'm obsessed with conspiracy theories. So this role really worked out for me. I like. I it's they're the only podcasts I can listen to are true crime everything else puts me to sleep I literally every time I have set up on like my settings and it's probably cricket would have the same thing where every time a new documentary comes out on every network or streaming site that I have I get an alert because I need to be one of the first to watch it because if I'm not I just get mad when I have nothing to contribute to a conversation so like problem oh like I beat me up. hey it, i i i could appreciate it my wife loves true crime as well like and has re-listened to certain true crime podcasts for like the last like seven eight years and she's heard like these episodes like 400 times and she still re-listens right. she just... like there's something else in there like maybe you know yeah, like she likes the she likes the sh the show and all that, but I'm just like, aren't don't you want to listen to something? She's like, no, this is I, I want to listen more of this, and I'm like, okay, it's like comfort food. She says it's like this is what like the billion like of the two, there were like those murders that happened in Toronto. Mm. I don't know, as like you know Canadian like these like two billionaires. One was like the head of Barry, like was a head of a pharmaceutical generic pharmaceutical company. The, his wife a philanthropist and to this day they're billionaires worth like eight billion dollars and to this day they haven't been able they died 2017 i believe or 18 haven't been able to figure out they don't even have one clue as to who's done it like oh it's insane i know and so crave just came out with like the tv version of that but i had listened to that podcast literally each episode like five times because i'm like they they have interviews of actual friends of the family and and an interview of the sun. And I'm like, no, wait, that tone changed. What does that mean? Is that a lie? What's he saying? Is he free? <laughs> See, you describing li to yourself listening to the show. I, I, that, I, that's a show I want to listen to. That's a show. There you go. And you know, the perfect <laughs> name for it, because you said it a number of times and nobody says it like you do. I've never actually heard too many people use this phrase, but I love the fact that you use cuckoo banana. That is, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's just where my mind goes. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, which is perfectly legit and fine, and you know we love it. And I think that uh, yeah, I think uh, podcast coming this fall from from Adila Cuckoo Banana. Here we go. Decard presents Cuckoo yeah. Banana. We'll totally host it. We'll totally yeah. host it. Oh, I feel like sick. Wait, okay, we got to talk about this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, right, you, you me- message me and we'll set it up. We'll set it up. There we go. I, I feel like, and we could do like a 20 minute speed round on like multiple true crime things. I feel like it would be insane. There you go. Yeah. That, yeah, look at that maniacal smile. I, right? Like that's the... <laughs> It's, but you know what? Honestly, it even comes across through audio. That's the thing. Like I can, I can hear your smile. That's the thing. Like I could tell how maniacal that smile was. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is how invested I am in, uh, in true crime. I just, I need to find another hobby than one that's a little more positive. And I think, but... Oh man. Well, I think we're all looking forward to you delving more into true crime. And of course, I know a lot of fans are looking forward to the rest of the second season of Joe Pickett, uh, it's available now on Paramount Plus. The first five episodes of season two are available. And of course, the first season's available. And uh, new episodes drop on Sundays. So definitely check it out. Thank you so much for coming on, Adila. It's been a pleasure. It's just like last time, we had the best time talking with you. We look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, same here. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's I love coming on with you guys. You guys are the best, honestly. So thank you. Thank you. But you, but you, you make it worthwhile for us. That's the thing, right? Because we love, we love your, your cuckoo bananas. We love cuckoo bananas. (laughs) Definitely. We love cuckoo bananas. There you go. And bananas in us. All right. Well, have yourself a, have yourself a great night, Adila. Thanks. You too. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. So that was Adila Dasani. You can see her on Joe Pickett. Season two is now airing on Paramount Plus. Um, and it's really, it's heating up. So definitely check it out. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be reading your emails. Um, and of course, you can email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. We get reading your reviews of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny right here. Geek Card Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, where we talk about kitten shit during the commercial breaks and the dilemmas that Green has to go through because of his kitten shit. Yeah, not chicken shit. Kitten Kitten shit. shit. There you go. Although he's pretty big for a kitten now, but you know, same applies. There you go. Uh, Welcome back to Geek Card. We've 
we're just about to get into our review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But first, let's go through some of your emails. Of course, you can email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. Let us know your reviews or you just want to say hi or just want to tell us something. Um, of course, definitely email us. Uh, we got an email from Fret P who says, Hello, geeks. Too bad about Arkin. Is Mr. Green going to the wake? Hey, Harrison, retire. You are washed up. Go fly your airplanes. Well, there was that one airplane crash he had. I don't know if he should fly the airplanes anymore. Uh, <laughs> you got James Y. writes in, Geeks, happy Canada Day. May Arkin rest in peace. I think in the future, Mr. Arkin would love for him to come down from the heavens and speak on Geek Art and Spirit. My review for Indy, a five. Getting old. Referring okay. to the movie or us? Are we getting old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of the above. I don't age, I improve, sir. Uh, we got an email from Jennifer I who says, Yo, geeks. Have fun on this long weekend. The Indiana Jones film was disappointing. The action is getting more digital and fake. He should retire a four or five. Save your money. So there we go. That's some of your thoughts. But now let's get into our thoughts for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Currently in theaters, directed by James Mangold, written by Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, and David Kep. Based on characters created by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Lucasfilms, in association with Paramount Pictures, and distributed by Walt Disney Studios. Here to read the synopsis is a man who's gone on many grand adventures, great and small, and uh, may have met some of the people in this movie. It's the old man. Hey, how's it going? That's going pretty good. Going pretty good? That's great. That's great. So, Andy, they made another one, eh? Yep, they did. My God. Was it, was it like what, 15 years ago that they, they, they skull fucked us? Uh, I don't know if it was 15 years ago or not. Yeah, it I can't was 2008. Remember. That's 15 years. Jesus. All I know is I only saw that film in theaters opening night one time. Never seen yeah, it since. No, no, no. I saw it. It was actually, a, I went and saw it. My friend had a birthday and was like, hey, let's go see the movie. And so went and saw the movie and I told him after that I'm never celebrating your birthday again um and That's I fair. didn't yeah I had to pay a hitman and everything to make sure that that went through oh you uh, could have just stopped hanging out with them no 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 I had to make sure I never celebrated it again so now instead I celebrate his passing um experience to return quiet I'm reading a synopsis sir Experience the return of the legendary hero Indiana Jones in the fifth installment of this beloved swashbuckling series of films. Finding himself in a new era, approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that, God, that was weird. Fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. But as the tentacles of an all too familiar evil return in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. That's a lot. That's quite a bit, eh? It is a lot. There's a lot going on in this movie. A lot going on in this movie. Well, I don't know. I I might go see it. I don't know. James Mangold, he's the one that made the um, the one about uh, the Hugh Jackmans from 1776, and he falls in love with Meg Ryan. 
Uh, no. Yeah, he did. He did make that film. What is it called? It's got like a, I can't remember what it's called, but he's like, yeah, it stars Meg Ryan and, uh, and, and Hugh Jackman. He comes forward from the past. And he's like, at one point, he shoots a commercial for fresh creamery butter. Uh, Brecken Meyer is in it as the brother. This film exists. Kate and Leopold, that's it. James Mangold directed that. So there we go. Kate and Leopold. I wonder if this is anything like Kate and Leopold. That is an obscure film to, re- to reference. For yeah, James you Mangold. thought I was going to go with all the Wolverine stuff, but no, I went with Kate and Leopold. The, gr- the best Hugh Jackman performance of the James Mangold movies. <laughs> all right, well, I got to go watch Kate and Leopold. I'll see you later. And there he goes. There he goes. Oh my gosh. That's so, a uh, deep cut on that film reference. I, that I was not. Yeah. Calling. You didn't even, I was surprised. You didn't even know about that movie. eh? No, I, I, I've, I saw it back in the day. It just is not something that it was registering in my brain. I right. was like, I, I could not remember Meg Ryan and uh, Jackman being in a film together. That just, no, that didn't. No. Yeah. It happened. It happened. I know. It's actually not a bad film, though. That's the. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name is also in it. Uh, Liev Schreiber. So before yeah. the, so in between Wolverine movies, they also worked on another film together. So there you go. See, there you go. It there you go. There. So now let's talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, Mr. Green, your thoughts. Uh, like I already mentioned, uh, I have not seen Crystal Skull since it came out which i completely completely forgot was 15 years ago it's it's just yeah just unloaded that out of my brain um when i do watch uh do rewatches of indie i only watch the the first three films that's it you know yeah because it's because it's next to impossible to find the young indiana jones chronicles i i don't know why it's so hard that's it's bothers me but anyway it was released on vhs but never on dvd yeah, I don't know. I have to look into that. Like, what's the what's the? Or no, it there? was released on DVD, but only once, back in like two thousand two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I would you'd think because Disney owns everything now that you know they would have the rights to it. But so there must be something else that I'm missing. Ah, uh, maybe it's just looking back in a row, through rose colored glasses because there's a number of those episodes that weren't very good. Oh, I didn't say that they were great. I just saying <laughs> I would like, you know, want to go back and take a look at them. Right. Anywho. That's beside the point. This film. uh, Okay. So I I described this to a friend of mine earlier today. uh, And I said that I like this film and it's true. I do. I like this film. Mm -hmm. I'll get straight to the point on that. Uh, But again, the bar was set so low after Crystal Skull that it's an easy bar to get over. Oh, yeah. Okay. That still being said. I actually really like this film and I think that it is actually not a bad entry in the Indiana Jones cycle of films. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons that I liked it is, is that uh, for a portion of the film, he's acting his age, hmm. which I was much happy about because when I look at some of the things that Sean Connery did towards the end, and I use that reference not only because he was in the the third film, but because that guy tried to do action movies into his seventies. Like he just kept trying to do them. And it was like, 
there's no way that man that age would be able to do these things. Like it's just, it's just not right. Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, most of the stuff that Indiana Jones does that's action based for the majority of it is the DH stuff. Yeah. And I, that was, I was cool with. And by the way, a lot of those DH scenes were pretty good. They were, I was, I was impressed by the, the digital work that they did there to make that work. Although it's not surprising considering there's what, like 7,000 hours of his face from that era as that character. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, I was like, okay, uh, you know, they had, a watch, good, they had a good data set to work with. Totally. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, the, all that being said though, I had, I, I did have a lot of fun with this. It, like I said, it felt tonally in kind of the right ballpark. The, is it as good as the you know uh, the first or third film? Because I don't mind Temple of Doom. It's all right. Temple of Doom me, is just a fun romp. It's not that not that yeah. doesn't have the depth that Raiders and uh, Grail Crusade. have. Crusade, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like Raiders and Crusade are my favorites. Um, you know, but this I think this kind of you know fits in that kind of that bit into that universe. Um, there are some additional you know cameos that I was not aware of because I've stayed away from this to, to, to not be ruined other than knowing that Salah was in it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So some of those were very nice and, uh, I liked that stuff. Uh, I was disappointed that there wasn't one in particular cameo, but that's a personal preference. It just would have been a nice thing to have happen. Mm. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I kind of liked it. And, uh, yeah, I, I really can't, I can't really crap on it too much. Okay. I thought it was okay. That's about it. Like it was like, unfortunately it was far too long. Like it needed every scene felt like it was stretched longer than it needed to be. There was a, there was, there was missing. It wasn't missing like a, you know, a freshness. The the energy kind of got sucked out of a lot of scenes because they just ran far too long. Um, I thought the performances were fine. I thought the idea of the story of like, well, what's the next dimension that Indy can, you know, what's the next adventure he can do? Mm-hmm. Having one that deals with, you know, time. Okay, that's something new. But at the same time, it just, it felt like he was kind of trying to say in that first half, like that one, that that, that last indie film, it fucking sucked, eh? And it's like, yeah, but in your ways to try to make up for it, you're now reminding me about it. So why are you, re- like the amount of people that are excited about space? It's like, of course, the space race, because the last film was all about aliens. We get it. The last film sucked. I agree. Can we move on? So it's so like little things like that. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I don't think it's a great movie. I'd say it's, you know, it's if you want to if you want to check it out, I'd say wait for rental or streaming. It's nothing that you have to rush out to theaters for. It's just an OK movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on some of your points there, only from the sense that uh, unless you're a gigantic Indiana Jones fan or Harrison Ford fan, I don't think you need to rush to the theater to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you've seen everything else this summer, then, yeah, go check this out. There, This is definitely better than some of the other films that we've seen recently. Yes, uh, yes, it's it's definitely better than some of the films we've seen recently. Uh, yeah, that's very that true. Dealt with time. And space. Yes, very much. Dimensions. Very much so. Um, and uh, yeah, and the cameos in this actually were way, way better and made a lot more sense. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so there but... you go. Yeah, no, so there you go. So wait till, wait till rental streaming. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, you're going to hear my interview with Nick Norman Butler, the director of my house available now on Apple for rental and streaming on Tubi and available for rental on Amazon in the UK. We'll be back right here. Geek Card Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geekard right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a Friday night. You're going to be hearing uh, our last interview of the evening. This past week, I got a chance to talk with director Nick Norman Butler about his first feature length narrative film, My House which is available for rental or purchase on iTunes and is streaming on Tubi and is available for rental or purchase on Amazon in the UK. Um, it's a horror film. It's a thriller film. And there's a lot more that can be said about it. And so here is my interview with Nick Norman Butler. Enjoy. Welcome to the program, Nick Norman Butler. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Of course, My House, it's your first feature film released this year. It's available in the United States on Amazon and on Apple TV+, Plus. available in Canada on Tubi, uh, and of course, it's uh, available throughout the UK. Now, this film took 15 years to come together? Depends which way you look at it. From when I first put pen to paper to when we rolled cameras was 15 years, going back to the script every you know, maybe once a year to do a draft when I had time. But then, you know, the other way of looking at it is it only took 10 days to shoot. Some of it was very slow. Some of it was very fast. For people who haven't had a chance yet to check out this film, what is My House all about? Well, My House is inspired by a true story that someone told me in a bar once. And it's about a father and a daughter who live together at the beginning of the film. In the very first frame, the daughter, Carla, finds a camcorder and starts to use it. But it's quite clear she's never seen one before, uh, let alone knows how to, she doesn't know how to use it, but her father shows her. And he lets her video around the house to play with it. And we start to sort of get a sense of her world inside this house. And everything looks, you know, fairly normal at first, until we notice some things which are very much out of place. And the most significant of those things is that uh, she's never allowed out of the house. And there are bars on the windows. Uh, and then one day when the dad goes away to work, a stranger comes to the house and knocks on the window and starts talking to Carla. And he seems to know a lot more about her situation than she does. And so he sort of encourages her to try and discover what the truth is to her situation inside the house. The horror elements of the story, yet the fact that it is 
something that could happen in real life. As you mentioned, it was something it was based on something you were told. That to me is the scariest part. It's scarier than any kind of supernatural horror, stuff like that. Things like this where you're dealing with a sick individual who's kidnapped someone ever since they were a child and held them against their will and them not even knowing that is like the creepiest thing ever. Putting this story together, did you always know it was going to be completely shot in that kind of found footage way? First off, it's not quite as simple as someone who's kidnapped someone. That's not a spoiler. Uh, there's more to it. Lots of twists and turns along the way. But as for your question about the found footage, no, I didn't know, always know it would be filmed in a found footage style. Of all the drafts of the script, only the last one really was focused on shot in found footage style and made mention of that. It was a late addition to the whole process but one that we felt suited the story and frankly made it much more sort of appealing to producers because it, it would make things cheaper now this was the kind of like almost the perfect film to shoot during the pandemic between lockdowns because of the lockdown nature of this story itself it's kind of funny knowing that it was shot in 2020 to think that wow this kid's life kind of mirrored what some of us were going through during the pandemic i'm guessing that wasn't lost on you while you guys were filming yeah that's right but you know it's funny with the lockdown and the, the pandemic because like i said I, I started writing the script in 2008 you know way before covid was on anyone's mind but back then it was a very much an expansive story and as it, the drafts went on it became smaller and smaller in terms of scale partly to make it more achievable and partly just because wanted to concentrate on the sort of core essence of the story and then the pandemic happened what i'm saying is you know it wasn't inspired by the pandemic no, of course not no but many things from the pandemic did shape it you know the house that we filmed in because it's a one location film that house was scheduled for a sort of a massive renovation but as it was the builders couldn't come to work to do that so it, it was vacant and available for use so we would never would have got that house i myself took out a government loan it was a result of the covid pandemic that the government um, gave these loans so that helped get the film greenlit. Uh, and the actors, I don't think I would have got such great actors. They're very much in demand, but I think at the time it was a, it was a funny moment. And I think that they um, were happy to do work, as I'm sure a lot of actors were at that time. Quite a cast here, of course. Mir and Mac playing Carla, the, the lead, and uh, Francis McGee, fantastic actor. And you got Michelle Collins in there as well. Mirren was a relative unknown at that moment, and then kind of since then has become a known commodity. So that must have been, you know, quite exciting for you to see that just as this film's coming out, that she's become a much bigger name. Well, I remember the day we wrapped the film was the day of the awards ceremony for the BAFTA Scotland Awards. Right. She had been nominated for it. And because of the pandemic, it wasn't a live event where, you know, people attend a, a venue to, to find out who's won. It was done remotely. So we wrapped filming and then our gaffer shot on his phone her acceptance speech in case she won. She didn't know if she was going to win or not. You know, we kind of did that in our like wrap party. That was our last sort of extra shot was... Uh, Mirren talking to camera and, and accepting the award for her performance in The Nest, which was originally a BBC show. And I think she deserved to win, but she didn't. That really would have made the rap party go off with a bang if she'd oh, won. Oh yeah, that definitely would have added a lot more excitement to the rap party, totally. Yeah. But she's fantastically talented, and I think people are going to see a lot more of her. Oh, yeah. And every moment that she's on camera, you, you're feeling something, which you don't get that with every actor. And I got to say, also, Francis McGee, fantastic actor. 
the two of them together, such amazing chemistry. Having the, this very confined, small space and everything, did that present this ability for instant chemistry between the two actors? It's funny you should say, because as you mentioned, during the, the pandemic, we had strict protocol in who could mix with who between takes. They were, of course, put in one bubble, but I was not in the same bubble as them. I had to stay with the camera team, which was very frustrating to me because it meant I couldn't talk to them in between takes, couldn't rehearse with them. I could only really meet them on set. So they spend a lot of time together. I got to take my hat off to them. They just bonded immediately. They were just getting on like a house on fire and became inseparable. They were fast friends. I guess they had to be because they were in the bubble. They, they couldn't escape each other. But still, it was it was incredible to see um, the work they did and the, and the human relationship they established. Your background in entertainment is in the, uh, the unscripted variety. You do a lot of unscripted series work, a lot of docu-series work. Things as such as building suspense for a viewer, and playing with the viewer's comfort level. These are things that are more naturally attuned in unscripted series work because of you're dealing with raw emotion and drama. I was just wondering if that was something that you kind of brought to this piece since this is a very raw emotional piece as well. You know, well, thank you. You know, um, I don't necessarily think that comes from working in unscripted. I think that comes from, yeah, experience, but also it's a good editor doing his job because you can create that in the edit. And I was lucky to have two very good editors. The only other scripted work that you've had out there was uh, the, the short film Tomoko from 2016, which uh, was also inspired by a true story. Back then when you made it, was that something just because you heard the story and you were like, oh, I want to make something of this? Or was that kind of like, this is going to be my calling card to jump into scripted work? Both, really. I did just hear the story and think, you know, that's incredible. And for those who haven't seen that short film of mine, the story it's based on, I read it in the newspaper, it's a very short article, so there wasn't much information, but it said that he had discovered a lady living in his apartment for months without his knowledge. You know, what gave it away was he started noticing food going missing from his fridge. And that's really all it said. I think it might have said and she had been arrested for trespass or something, but but that was it. And it just got my mind spinning, like, you know, who was she? Why was she in that house? Did she know him? Did she have prior knowledge of him? Or did she just sort of see him in the street and think he looks kind or he looks a pushover? Or was she an ex-girlfriend? And, you know, what did it say about him? Was he so rich that he, you know, and had such a large apartment that he wouldn't even notice someone in there? I thought that's probably unlikely in Japan because they're not known for having large houses. You know, was he very unobservant? I don't know. It just got me thinking about who these people were. So that's what inspired the story. When I made it, people said, you know, you should make this into a feature. And I thought, yeah, I should, but I couldn't quite see how to do it. And then a few years later, Parasite came out and I thought, that's what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that always the way that it's like, you see something, you're like, oh, wait a second. That's what I was trying to do. I get that totally. I really enjoyed it. Tomoko as well. And uh, kind of a theme, you know, Tomoko and with my house, you know, again, one location, kind of like a constricted space in a sense, people trying to, in Tomoko's case, avoid the other person in Carla's place, try to find out more information from the other person. Do you think going forward for your next work, do you think you might branch out or you think you're really enjoying this one location kind of intimate storytelling? I want to get out of such confined spaces. 
I think the confined space is, bit, is a bit of a coincidence in these two films. I think that what links them thematically is that the two protagonists are people who are sort of wanting to change their life and change their environment. And it just so happens that they start off in a confined space. Or, or, or really, or in actual fact, in Tomoko, the protagonist being the female, started outdoors in a wide open space and has gone into a confined <laughs> yeah. space. Uh, whereas in my house, it's the other way around. They've started in a confined space and want to get out. They're looking to change their world and escape for different reasons. Both pieces I very much enjoyed. And I really enjoyed what you've done here with my house. I'm really looking forward to a lot more people getting to check it out. It's a suspense thriller. And what I really enjoyed about it is that the premise is set up pretty early on, but you do just enough to mess with the viewer to think, wait a second, have I gotten certain information wrong here? You threw a couple little left turns at the end that keep the viewer on their toes. I really enjoyed that in the piece. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for uh, talking with us today. And uh, I really look forward to whatever you've got coming next. And I can't wait for more people to check this film out, man. Thank you so much. And that was my interview with Nick Norman Butler. You can check out, as I said, My House. It's available for... Uh, rental or purchase on iTunes and streaming on Tubi. And then, of course, it's available for rental or purchase on Amazon in the UK. Mr. Green, we've come to the end of the program. Yes, we have indeedy. Tell the good folks where they can find us, CD. Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content at patreon.com slash For those of you who do that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are amazing. Thanks. And for those of you who don't, that's super cool. We still love you guys, too. But, but think about it. Yeah, but it'd be super cool, even more super cool, if you joined us. It. Join it. us. Give in to your anger. Of course, you can always find additional content over at YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Keycard Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, keycardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show. In case you didn't listen to us live, which I don't know why you didn't, but if you didn't and you're super forgetful like I am, the best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. Absolutely. And if you always want to continue the conversation with us, you're always welcome to email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Adila Dasani and Nick Norman Butler for coming on the program. For Adila Dasani, for Joe Pickett, for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, for... Nick Norman Butler for my house, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the booth. This is Andrew Young saying if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. R.I.P. Alan Arkin. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard right here. On Reality Radio 101 with your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Right here on Reality Radio 101.